You know, baby, it's a good late game. Just wait till I shake my tie and me off home. We gotta go. And it is indeed time to go home. There's the Beatles with a Carl Perkins hit, Lend Me Your Comb. Before that, Carl Perkins himself with Right String, Wrong Yo-Yo. You've always got the right yo-yo here with the morning train. So we'll see you next Friday at 10 a.m. Until that time, this is J.D. Buell saying, make it a great day for someone.
strike oh, welcome to the show it is friday may 19th we're gonna be playing some more music as we get started today have a good show for everyone thanks everyone for listening in there are there's been actions and protests and vigils pretty much every day for a while and it's difficult to keep track we'll be talking a little bit about that today on the program as well as the idea of ego and getting the ego out of activism and i think if i we maybe replacing all eyes with we's, can we do that? And if so, what would that look like if we were all working for the greater good instead of the I and instead of the individual, which I think is part of maybe we? Can, can we speak without using the word I? How does that work? There's also the idea, of course, that one cannot speak for someone else. So I could see that being not quite working in, in that regard. However, if we were to really work for the greater good and get the individual out of it and get the ego out of it, would we have some of these so-called leaders out there today? If people actually were working to help others instead of promote themselves, what would that look like? I think that's a pretty interesting question. Is that a good question? We'll see. I'm still waking up here for a bit. We'll be joined by Azalia again today, and we'll also be hearing more about what's happening in Chechnya. Last night in the Castro, there was a vigil from 6 to 8 p.m. at Hibernia Beach Bank, or what was Hibernia Beach Bank on 18th and Castro. Um, Some of us spoke out, and then we went for a march down the street on 18th Street, and we went to Dolores Park, and it was great. And folks were very receptive and in support, and it's good to show solidarity with what's happening and show awareness of what's happening. And of course, it's it's tricky because the media, which is problematic in its own way, doesn't always let us know what's happening. Or if they do, it's a very twisted and biased account and or it happens after the fact. So then what can we as informed citizens do to bring awareness, to raise awareness, and to keep on talking about what's happening and to help? So... We've heard that the LGBT, GLBT network in Russia is the one organization in Russia that's really been helping people, as well as the, there's an organization in Canada as well, um, the Rainbow Railroad that's been helping folks. And so far we heard that only one person so far from Chechnya has been able to get a visa into the U.S. and most folks have not been able to get visas because for some reason this country doesn't want refugees. And I can't speak for this country. That's what uh, some of the folks in immigration are saying. You can't flee terrorism. That's somehow not allowed. Folks have been able to get visas into Lithuania, and we'll be hearing more about it today with more information and more facts. So this is just from what I've heard, and it's just really disturbing that folks who are fleeing violence are not welcome or perhaps they're welcome here, but some of the people making the choices about who is welcome or who is not welcome, uh, maybe they shouldn't be making those choices. They shouldn't be in control. And then if we're also going to talk about who's really problematic here in the States, it's a lot of these right-wing terrorists who have been shooting up churches, burning down mosques, 
these people are out and about. They've infiltrated law enforcement and government. And we're, where is the, I know there's a lot of outrage out there. Where is the concerted effort to, to stop them? That's the question. They're more of a threat to us than any, any refugee. So I'm going to continue playing some music as we get set up here in the station. Hope everyone's having a, a decent day, a good day, a good week. Oh, there's, there's a lot to talk about. So here is a song I'm sure like a lot of folks will be familiar with, and this is um, Buffalo Springfield, For What It's Worth. And I'm, I'm sure like people hear it and they don't know the name of it. That happened to me too. I remember the name and then I forget about it. So that's that's the name, and I'm sure you'll uh, recognize it when you hear it. There's something happening here, but what it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down There's battle lines being drawn Nobody's right if everybody's wrong Young people speak in their minds Are getting so much resistance from behind Time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Day for the heat A thousand people in the street Singing songs and they carry inside Mostly say hooray for our side It's time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going Welcome back to the Weekly Review. That was Buffalo Springfield with For What It's Worth. Did some research <laughs> on the band. And so apparently they took some time off or part of their breakup was due to uh, drug arrests and thinking about that and how many people over the years have been, had their lives destroyed due to incarceration because of the drug war, 
which of course has been used to silence people who oftentimes end up speaking out against the way things are and or just coping with with the world. So thinking about that, what would the world be like? I think about that quite a bit. If the folks who are incarcerated, and we're talking about folks who are there for who knows what, uh, who are innocent, who are there for drug use or distribution, they're in jail, and war criminals like Karl Rove and Dick Cheney are not. Speaking of jails, Chelsea Manning got out of jail, and there was a big celebration around the world. In many places, there was. So that's some good news. And so far, Chelsea has been tweeting some photos of herself and what she's been eating. And I think for a lot of us, there was this maybe disbelief, this idea that she would actually get out because due to cynicism and also how whistleblowers are treated, how trans folks are treated, especially in the prison system. And she's out. So that's pretty awesome. And hopefully also her actions have encouraged other whistleblowers to do the same and also to speak up when you see something that's terribly wrong and to to not collaborate um, with oppressive forces. I wonder what the world would look like if that were if that were the case. That would be something to celebrate. So I'm gonna read a story here and this is one positive. Well, overall, it's positive. And this is from the Daily News, which I know. The Daily News is all right. All right. So, Midtown MTA clerk refuses to help cops in pursuit of choplifter, injures lieutenant's thumb. Okay. So, here's someone helping the people. And this was written by Carrie Burke, Shana Jacobs, Dan Rivoli, and Thomas Tracy. And this came out yesterday on... May 18th. And uh, before I read the story, I'm just going to play a little bit of music first as we going to get my headphones set up a little bit more. And <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing. I've been a miner for a heart of gold. Child, we are wide awake, but our legs are shaky. We're on 
welcome back. Now that I can hear my voice in the headphones, it's a little bit more comforting, and I know that this is going out. So, <laughs> that song is called Power Doesn't Run on Nothing by The Thermals. Getting back to the story uh, we are talking about earlier. Exclusive Midtown MTA. <sighs> Midtown MTA clerk refuses to help cops in pursuit of, of shoplifter injures lieutenant's thumb. And again, this came out from the New York Daily News. Please stand clear of the aggressive token booth clerk. Ha. Okay. Uh, a 54-year-old MTA employee ended up behind bars, which I think is messed up, Tuesday after he refused to open a security gate for uniformed cops chasing a shoplifting suspect, then got physical with a lieutenant questioning him, officials said. Cops and security guards at a Midtown CVS chased the shoplifter into the 57th Street Station near 8th Avenue at about 8.30 p.m., officials said. The thief jumped the turnstile and kept on going, officials added. As NYPD Lieutenant Richard Kaloff ran down into the station, he waved at booth clerk Daryl Goodwin to open the gate. Even though the cop was in uniform, oh, that shouldn't fucking matter. Anyway, even though so the cop was in uniform and Goodwin did not acknowledge him, police sources say. Also, we need to be recon- we need to recognize when there's the police sources, they often lie. All right. Anyway, but still. Okay. Uh, Kaloff demanded Goodwin open the gate a second time, but the 27-year-old... Oh, no, no. 27-year MTA veteran ignored him, according to court papers. Finally, after the lieutenant ran over and wrapped his badge against the booth's plexiglass, Goodwin responded. He stared at the lieutenant for several seconds, grimaced, and slowly moved his hand to push the button to open the gate. Oh my gosh. Talk about folks needing instant gratification. As the cops stood in front of him, court papers revealed. By the time the gate was open, the shoplifter was long gone, officials said. No arrests had been made. Yet they have arrested this person who was just doing his job. Okay. Kaloff demanded Goodwin show him his MTA badge, but the clerk refused and tried to exit the booth. When cops stopped him, Goodwin pulled out his badge and shoved it in the lieutenant's face. After Kaloff grabbed it, the clerk ripped the badge back from the lieutenant's hand, injuring the officer's thumb. Okay. This is a fucking police force that goes out murdering children, shooting people, and now they're upset because they got their thumb hurt. Because they couldn't get in through the... F- okay. Anyway, moving along. Chops. Chops. Cops charged Goodwin with obstructing government administration. Are you fucking kidding me? Resisting arrest and assaulting a police officer. This is such fucking bullshit. He was released without bail after a brief arraignment in Manhattan Criminal Court Wednesday. The MTA suspended Goodwin without pay. Okay. And then there's also this part. So this person, who I think was doing the right thing. Anyway. Okay, it's a shoplifter. Of all the people in New York to go after, considering there's someone named 45 who's fucking there all the time, who is an accused rapist, who is systematically fucking over so many people, the cops somehow seem it's it's necessary to, cho- to chase after a shoplifter and not this... Ugh. Gross. And then they... Okay. I'm going to finish the article before I go in. Well, it's too late. I've already gone in. I'll, I'll finish the article, though. Also, this idea, though, there are cops who murder people, and they, when they get suspended, if and when they get suspended, they get suspended with pay. So here's an MTA worker who was doing his job. He gets suspended without pay. 
Um, he's suspended without pay, pending an internal investigation, an agency spokesman said. Goodwin contested the cop's version of events, saying he never saw the shoplifter. I had a passenger. I was busy. They shouted gate, but lots of people shout gate, Goodwin told the Daily News. They said I didn't open the gate, but I did. He was stunned by the assault charge, saying he was just trying to show Kalaf his badge. I guess I held it too close. The other cop pulled my arm back, and I reacted, the Bronx resident said. If he got cut with a badge, he did it himself. Derek Echeverria, vice president of stations for the Transit Workers Union, was stunned by Goodwin's arrest. He's an exemplary employee, not a passenger, com- not a passenger complaint in the past 20 years, Echeverria said of Goodwin. It's a misunderstanding on the police's part. Echeverria said the 57th Street station is extremely busy and Goodwin has his hands full. Cops receive Metro cards so they can swipe themselves into train stations if needed, their union rep added. Goodwin's a hardworking guy who does his job and does it properly, he said. He has other parts of the, of the job than opening the gate for people who have a car to swipe themselves in. Wow. That seems to be very, just kind of symbolic of this, the entitlement that a lot of, uh, many people in law enforcement expect. This idea that people are supposed to go above and beyond and they're, they're supposed to come first. And then also if they don't get their way, then they have to victim blame. They have to punish people. And to, to arrest someone who is doing his job, if anyone else, see, no one else would have been able to, to get, let me in the gate, let me in the gate, especially if the cops already have these Metro cards. <sighs> anyway, perhaps there should be a considered effort to support this employee and get him back on the job with pay as soon as possible. So again, his name whew, is Daryl Goodwin. And the article is in the New York Daily News, and it's also on the Weekly Review webpage, which you can find at facebook.com forward slash weekly rev. So he's 54 years old, and there's no reason he should have been arrested. And yep, that's, that's, that's what I got to say about that. And yeah, this is very symbolic of what they do. This is what they do. All right, so here's a story coming out of Philadelphia from phillymag.com. Sharon Cooks announces resignation from LGBT commission after being voted out as chair. And this is some really not good news. Uh, In a 13 to 3 vote, the mayor's commission on LGBT affairs removed the first transgender person to serve as a city chair. And this story was written by Ernest Owens and came out on May 17th. After having made history as the first transgender person ever to chair a city commission, Sharon Cooks was removed as head of the mayor's commission on LGBT affairs on Tuesday night in a 13 to 3 with three abstentions vote during an emergency meeting. G. Philly was sent documentation from the meeting that raised concerns surrounding Cook's social media interactions with members of one of the commission's committees. The, energy, the emergency meeting was basically centered around complaints that Commissioner Amanda Doherty made about Sharon targeting her in various social media posts she made this past weekend, said a commissioner present during the meeting who asked not to be named. Doherty provided the commission with multiple screenshots of Facebook posts where Sharon indirectly called her out for being a white bisexual woman. Hey, I call out white bisexual women all the time. Anyway, that's my side note. Oh, anyway, we'll continue on with the story. Uh, taking, for taking up space in the Community Affairs Committee. According to the commissioner, Cooks remained silent during most of the meeting as multiple commissioners ganged up on her with personal complaints that eventually led to a motion for her removal as chair. Doherty has not responded to a request for comment. In a statement sent exclusively to G. Philly, Cooks formally announced her resignation from the commission. 
to have served the LGBTQ community as the first ever transgender person to chair a citywide commission in the city of Philadelphia was an immense honor. It is with much disappointment that I have to announce that I'm resigning from the Commission on LGBT Affairs. See, they can't even fucking call it the LGBT Affairs if they're kicking out trans folks. Ugh. Okay. And okay, last night, the Office of LGBT Affairs and the Mayor's Commission on LGBT Affairs decided that I am unfit to lead the fight for racial equality, transgender inclusion, and LGBTQ rights for all members of our community as chair of the commission. After being the target of several racist attacks by by community members and threats to my life, and after many of my concerns were consistently dismissed by the Office of LGBT Affairs regarding the lack of bylaws and guidelines for the commission, serious concerns regarding the leaking of confidential information by commission members, debates by commission members on whether to support Mazzoni Center staff and the community or not, commission member attendance and inquiring about the role of members within the mayor's commission on LGBT affairs, I was removed as chair by a commission vote. My entire career in activism and leadership was narrowed down by several social media posts some commission members described as the worst thing they have ever seen. I was accused of making a cisgender white woman feel quote-unquote unsafe. I was accused of quote-unquote attacking the white race I think we should all be attacking the white race, and this is coming from a fucking white person, um, and accused of attacking the bisexual community. I, a black transsexual, I, a black transgender woman, was accused of being a racist by a white cisgender gay man, called the N-word, and harassed by local LGBTQ reporters regarding my commitment to equality and being attacked because of my race. Then, Ember, Ember, <laughs> I've... Hi, Azalea. I've been, uh, welcome in. I've been, Thanks. I've been uh, mispronouncing. I've been, <laughs> it's one of those mornings where I'm just. <laughs> your brain can't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> your mouth can't keep up, but they keep up. It's okay. Yeah, a little bit of both. This, yeah, I get it. I get it. I, this is great. I, this is fucking terrible. Please. <laughs> Okay. Um, So it saddens me greatly that I, a black transgender woman who does not have full and equal rights and who lives below the poverty line in fear of being brutally murdered and without health insurance, was shunned and unsupported by the Office of LGBT Affairs and Mayor's Commission on LGBT Affairs in my leadership role. It saddens me greatly that after making history twice in less than a year, the entire LGBTQ community, especially transgender women of color, once a Democratic National Convention delegate for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and then becoming the first ever transgender person to, to chair a citywide commission, my leadership ability was reduced to several social media posts by the Office of LGBT Affairs and the Mayor's Commission on, uh, excuse me, the Mayor's Commission on LGBT Affairs. This experience has been truly enlightening for me. As I reflect, there are some things I would have done differently, but I cannot change the past. However, I will always be of service to others. And despite what other people may think, I know my work has always been intersectional, diverse, and has positively impacted the most vulnerable, underrepresented, and marginalized members of the LGBTQ community. My dedication, passion, and commitment to equality will remain unfettered. While some people may question my approach to activism, others support my approach to it because those who are willing to cross that invisible line in the name of what is right know I will always continue to serve and fight for what is right. Awesome. So neither Hikes, director of the office, not director of the office of LGBT affairs, nor the mayor's office, replied to requests for comment. Hmm. 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 Wonder why. Yeah. Wonder why. Yeah. There is no comment. You fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck. With uh, with Cook stepping down, the voluntary commission is now down to twenty one members. Former commissioner 
Yoshiaki Yamasaki resigned in April. Update. The mayor's office and hikes have provided a statement in GFA regarding Cook's departure. I don't want to fucking hear what these people have to say. She made me question my privilege. I'm guessing that's what it was about. And that's exactly what it's about. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> there is no safe space. God damn it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Wow. Ugh. So... There, that happened. <laughs> when did that happen? Oh, uh, this was a couple of days ago. Okay. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, I'm sure she's getting a lot of support I mean, from people that, you know, know things. Understand what happened. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Um, can okay. we try that other mic? It's sounding a little... Yeah, I don't know if it's my weird. headphones or not, but... Yeah, it sounds a little weird. Yeah. We'll scoot over. Sounds better. Oh, that's much better. Much better. Yeah. Awesome. I'll switch. Yeah. <laughs> We got many microphones here. Oh, you can just, yeah, put that wherever. Cool. Super DIY show here. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, if folks would like to support the, the weekly review, we have set up a Patreon page so you can be a recurring donor. Got to thank Praveen for being our first recurring donor. We're looking to raise 100 bucks a month, which in the grand scheme of things is pretty minimal, mm. and that will cover the rental dues. So we all do this out of the kindness of our hearts. Yeah. People don't get paid to do this. We do this because we feel people need to know what's happening, and these are stories that people might not normally hear. So we want to put that out there. If you would like to support, you can follow us uh Send us a message on Facebook.com. I know Facebook's evil, but whatever. Facebook.com slash Weekly Rev. You can contact me. And we have a Patreon page as well. So we will accept recurring donations, one-time donations, word of mouth, sponsorship. If you own a small business that's doing good things with the world, um, we will talk about some sponsorship. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so Yeah. So please do. Um, um, we Yeah, we could use the support. Totally. So, please do. So, what's new with you, Azalia? Oh, not much. Feeling a lot better. Good. Uh, yeah. The world is an evil place, but there's lots of good people in it. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I, would, I would agree with that. There's a lot of people doing a lot of good work out there. Definitely. Yeah. Nah, you know, just talking to people definitely helps. Like I said, last week I, I was feeling a little bit anxious, but um, I opened up to uh, one of my favorite aunts, who's also a Scorpio. Yeah. <laughs> and it just made me feel so much better just, you know, getting things off your chest that normally you, you don't want to tell everybody every or one person everything yes you don't want to burden people absolutely but she took that burden and was so sweet about it and yeah there's a lot going on with her too she's got kids apparently uh she's uh planning an intervention with one of her friends whoa yeah we were just talking about that this morning so that's why i was uh i didn't want to interrupt her in the middle of her talking about her friend and i was like well i gotta go (laughs) but i'll make sure that uh you know he has support. I mean, he's so lucky to have a friend like my aunt, who she has four kids, she's a newborn, and she's like, and I'm going to plan this intervention, my kid's birthday's coming up. It's like that. I find the people who have, like, the most, there's the people who, like, I don't know how to, to phrase it exactly, just like, there seems to be folks who just help so many people simultaneously and mm-hmm. have, like, the... I don't know if it's like a burden or like the... Well, I think that's what makes them feel good. You know, like, yeah. you know, when you're feeling crappy, it's great to go help somebody else. Yes. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, I, I feel better now, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> Definitely. So, yeah, that's, I think that's her way of being happy is by yeah. helping as many people as possible. Yeah. yeah. Can we spread the word? Can folks like recognize? Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people, especially in the city who are really unhappy. It's like, mm-hmm. you got a nice car, but you're acting like a dick. So maybe, 
Maybe. <laughs> no, give give that hobo five bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Help someone else. I was just on the BART, and uh, this mom and her little girl, who's probably like 11 or 12, came up with a sign that said, like, please help, need, you know, food for money. Yeah. Or, I mean, money for food. So I, I don't, you know, there's people that scheme, but the little girl, like, she was a fucking little girl begging yeah. for money. I literally have 15 bucks on me, and at first I was like, eh. And then I looked at the girl, and I was like, Ugh, take my five. Like, yeah. fuck. <laughs> you know, like, how, I don't know what's going on with them, but to be at that level, like, I'm like, you need this. Yeah. I don't have children. Take this five. Yeah. <laughs> how many, how many children in the, the city are homeless? I mean, that's a thing too. Mm-hmm. And it's so frustrating having to argue with people. <clears throat> Who are like people got bad choices and blah 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 blah. I'm like, you're gonna fucking blame a child for being for living in poverty. That's yeah. what you're fucking doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's also not that simple as a like, you know, oh. not everyone's able to like inherit their wealth or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's always issues too. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people will be like, well, why don't you go to a shelter? Or I'm like, have you been to a shelter? Do you know anything about shelters? Yeah. You're like, or the lack thereof? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, not like they're on every corner. Yeah. You're thinking of bars and liquor stores. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Those are places that where there's a lot of them. Yeah, exactly. There's, a, there's an issue there and there's more bars <laughs> than housing available to children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, <laughs> oh my heart. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> and there's so many people too. I mean, I find that especially going downtown and there's so many folks and then it's, if I help one person, then there's going to be another and another and another. And I, it's oftentimes, what can I do? And yeah, you have to pick and choose. I mean, right. that's or you know, you try to use your intuition or, yeah. you know, whoever, I, obviously I'm like, you're my favorite. I'm going to choose you, you know, but you have to see who looks like they need it and would, right. it would make a big difference. Because some sure. people, you know, hand them money and it's just like, eh, mm-hmm. they're probably going to go buy drugs with it. If I give them a dollar, they're like, what the fuck is this dollar going to do? Mm. Some people actually really, like, needed that dollar yeah. and it's just that that look on their face makes think, like, makes it worth it that I'm on food stamps. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's, at least I have food stamps. Yeah, th- yeah. <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah, absolutely. But, oh, God. Because how are you? Oh, um, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit foggy this morning and I think I just, I've been like going, 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 going. And like, I was able to meditate a bit this morning, which was helpful. And I just need more time to like, mm. uh, I took a break from, or, you know, go, going to meetings and protests and stuff. And that lasted for like a week. Uh, <laughs> I, know, very, like, I was like, that's not very long. It was yeah, like, it's like I'm going to, and it was like, it's hard because I want to go and I want to be active and it, it's more of a, oh my gosh, there's so many problems that are happening and I want to participate mm-hmm. if I'm able and learn and a lot of it's like learning a lot of it's listening to people and just hearing more information and then I can share it or mm-hmm. I can change the way I think about things and just hear different perspectives yeah exactly and so this feel week's like, been feel like you're missing out <laughs> yeah FOMO yeah, yeah I've yeah I've been feeling a lot of FOMO lately yeah. <laughs> so yeah so this week there was a, there was like the Chelsea Manning like victory did you go I did yeah, yeah. Awesome. and that was how was that it was good it was it's, it's always every single thing is like so different. You can never predict it. And I wasn't really involved with the planning at all. I just showed up to also help flyer for another event, which was yeah. yesterday. Awesome. And that's like also, a re- you know, it's like, I don't want to, I didn't co-opt it. I was like kind of there and I had, you know, a few just to be a warm body. Yeah. Like we support there uh-huh. and had some like flyers and I had a few like one-on-one conversations. And so I didn't want to like take away from what was happening. Yeah. And at the same time, it was like, Oh, also, gay men are being murdered in Chechnya, so there's a vigil happening tomorrow night. So it's like... Kind of a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal, and then it's also 
recognizing we need to celebrate the small victories we have. It's not, it's not even that small. It's like, wow, a trans whistleblower got fucking released from prison. That's pretty, that's a big deal. Yeah, definitely. I know, wasn't she supposed to serve like 30 years? Or yeah, like 35 like years. Minimum? Yeah, and she got out in seven. Shit, thank God. So, <laughs> it's like, cool. And there was also um, the person from Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. um, Oscar. I about that. Yeah, I should... See, that's the thing, too. It's like... There's so many things. Yeah. Was, on the way here, I was, like, speed walking, and I'm like, what's what happened today? Oh, this, God. I haven't even... Ugh. I know. There's so much. There's so much. And yeah. then, yeah, it's like, what... Then when I get here, it's like, okay, what am I going to share? What am I... And then sometimes I just go chronologically, and then sometimes it's like, how how can I talk about as many issues as possible and... Kind of connect them and weave them together. Right, right. Because they're all connected yeah. in some way. <laughs> so before you got here, I think you would really love, love this story. There's an MTA worker in New York. Mm-hmm. And so apparently a shoplifter jumped the turnstile and then the cops went after this it was a shoplift. Okay, he was shoplifting from CVS. So first of all, I'm like, go, yeah. do your thing, buddy. You're you're shoplifting from like a corporation, like a big company. I think CVS will be okay. I'm, yeah, not, I'm not pretty sure. I'm not. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> no, oh, someone, please, please. You know, he probably. Yeah. Who knows? It was like getting. I don't know. That's also like we don't know what he was even shoplifting. Yeah, exactly. It could be Maybe food, some, diapers, some toilet paper, medicine. Shit. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't think there's anything that anyway. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. So and also yeah. Okay. So anyway, so then the cops come and they're like, let us in the... G-. I'm going to just reenact this. Yes, <laughs> and, please. So the, 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 and also, like, the cops have their story. And as we know, the cops, they tell their story and who knows how much of it's actually true. Of course. So the cops' version was like, they went after the shoplifter because that's the most... Impo- that's like the biggest criminal right now in New York City. Yeah. There's not someone else named 45 who's like <laughs> destroying the world or other like corporate assholes who are there who probably actually should be under arrest if we're still gonna have prisons around you know arrest the right people come on thank you <laughs> not like a sh- anyway <sighs> shoplifter anyway so the cops were like oh this is the most important thing we have to do we have to catch the shoplifter and so apparently cops are given metro cards so they if they need to use the subway they can use it because okay. they're given a lot of things but yeah. they didn't want to they were like let us in <laughs> they're like let us in open the gate for me oh. and apparently this is gonna be a combination of like the the two sides and so yes. apparently the Subway told, you know, it's like it's, it's at 57th Street. It's a pretty busy uh, station. Yeah. So apparently he was like helping out a customer, and mm. a lot of people are always like, open the gate, open the gate. So you can't quite mm. get to everyone. It's a busy job. It's, yeah, exactly. And so he, he didn't respond to them right away, and I guess the cops are used to it. They didn't use their Metro cards, and they were like, we need the, we need to have the gates opened right away. <laughs> Do it right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the guy was like, I mean, eventually he did, but apparently like took too long or something. So the cops got really angry at him, and they demanded to see his badge. He <sighs> he shows them their badge, and then the cops are like, "Ow!" Like it was like he was like hurt by the seeing the badge or something. He complained about a thumb injury. Oh my god! They arrest the MTA worker. And they charged him with like assault of a police officer and like resisting arrest and like Shut all kinds the of not fuck up what <laughs> little punk asses yeah what is oh they my. needed to arrest somebody to fill their quota so they arrest a, and he's like he's fifty four years old he's been a veteran of the MTA for like over twenty years yeah twenty seven years he's been working and he's had like no complaints against him he's been and even if he has complaints it's like who cares it, it shouldn't have to be about what kind of citizen you are it's like you didn't do it. So it's even more to the point that, like, he wasn't doing anything wrong, and the cops just decided to arrest him. Because, yeah. oh, they, they say he got an attitude with them, and it's just... And so the union, thankfully, is backing him. Yeah. It's against the law to have an attitude these days, don't you know? However, <laughs> um, he's being... He was, like, suspended without pay. <gasps> Fucking A. Yeah. Oh, my God. So it's, like... It's, like, this this entitlement from, like, law enforcement. Where it's, like, you have to do what we say. Yeah. And it, instead of... 
and it's like really about their behavior you know if they were like hey excuse mm. me first of all they should just use their fucking metro cards to get in oh yeah it wouldn't have had any issue because they're above us that's right. why they're not you know we're we're definitely just right under them they walk all over us yeah. and if you don't because apparently they need to be reminded of this the fact that they carry a gun isn't enough right dude you have power speaking of which Please. okay so you know what a gross out with grocery outlet with people go grocery yeah. <laughs> so there when i went i went in there last friday right after the show and there was a tall white clean clean cut white guy with like a gun and like a security guard outfit and i'm like oh. what are you and i felt worse immediately i was like what is this person doing here yeah yeah and i was like eh. so i felt uncomfortable throughout my entire time at there mm-hmm. and then I but then I overheard him talking with someone else and apparently maybe there had been a holdup or something and maybe that's why he was there mm-hmm. but I'm also like if someone I, I'm kind of anyway yeah anyone that holds I don't know having a gun it's it's kind of it's like an ego tripping it, thing yeah. like you don't really need that at a grocery store too if someone's coming in like I don't know if they're what they're taking anyway yeah. I didn't feel safer with this person the security yeah. person no yeah not so at all. that was like I was gonna post about it and I don't there's a lot of things I'm like maybe I should post and I'm like nah, no <laughs> So then a friend posts a few days ago, he was fired for racially profiling people. (gasps) Oh my God. Yep. What? Yep. (laughs) There you go. That's why. Yeah. It wasn't just the gun. You can probably feel that this guy is a fucking asshole. Bad energy. Bad energy. Very bad juju. Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Oh God. See, man. God, guns don't kill people. People kill people. (laughs) It's it's true. I mean, guns are pretty scary, but when we're breeding these type of closed-minded psychopaths, Mm -hmm. and they have access to guns, yeah, that's when shit gets real. Yeah, I'm just like Uh wondering if, if and when these people are fired, if they're getting any kind of counseling or any kind of, because it's like Mm -hmm. now we have like an unemployed, angry you know dude yeah. out there and like what's he gonna what's no, he gonna do that's why oh i just thought maybe that's why they always uh give cops administrator or they actually pay them when yeah. they're off because if they weren't being paid imagine how angry they'd be and mm. the, oh man you think they're power tripping now imagine if you take away what little they'd have left they should be sent to like some kind of meditation centers and it, which i know is a privilege and we all should be at meditation centers anyway and yeah. rather them go somewhere to like work out their shit especially since a lot of them are ex-veterans and veterans come back and they don't get the health care they need or the treatment for PTSD yeah and, then and it's because they... we care about you if we yeah. want this we yeah. we want you to be better I mean I would say I hate cops but I don't really hate I mean I know that's just their upbringing they, what they've been through I get it in the system yeah it's yeah you're part of the system just like we are but it's like do, but don't you want to change yeah. like, do you really like being that way Mm-mm. you're bred to think that you want to be that way but no one really wants to be that way I hope. Yeah. I hope. Or maybe they, don't, maybe they don't, don't know any other options. Like, I'm thinking of all the homophobic attacks and transphobic attacks. Oh, so there's this um, trans cartoonist up in Canada, and she was hacked and doxxed, and these neo-Nazis, like, released her address, so she has to move. They canceled one of her events, and she, like, makes a living off of doing comics. They took down her whole website, put up neo-Nazi propaganda, and this was like the comic that's called Assigned Male Comics. And her Aww. name is Sophie LaBelle. Oh, man. And so she set up a Patreon so folks can support her. Yeah, I was like, we need to support her for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my and God. it's just like this kind of constant. This battle of. Like, oh you can't even, God, people can't even fucking live, you know? She's fucking drawing shit, making people yeah, happy. feel better. Yeah, that's, that's, oh, God. That's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. It is. <laughs> what the 
fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. There's so much to be, like, feel enraged about. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading that thing, yeah, you had posted about um, a guy who had uh, been harassed by cops, and then he and his friend were, you know, like, exchanging comments, like, yeah, man, fuck that. Fuck yeah, the police. Yeah. We should fuck him up. And that was, like, two months ago, and then now he got, like, arrested or yeah, something. I didn't. Yeah. I was literally, like, trying to finish reading it before oh. I got in here. So how does it end? Is he in jail now? Oh, I think he, um, I need to, up, to take an updated version of that to see. Yeah, I um, wonder what's going on. I thought, like, the bail was set. Oh no, I think he was there was one person and and I think he there was one person who was uh he had spoken up against one of the like, someone in in uh government. Mm-hmm. And uh, then yeah. I don't know if that's the same person, but then his bail was set and now he still he like owes $2500, so he's like released, but then he owes some money. Mm-hmm. If that's the oh. Yeah, there's a few different This was like the article in the Guardian, I believe. And let me bring that up so I can speak. Yeah. I'm very I want to I want to say I want to say exactly what's happened and not uh re- you know not say anything that's incorrect. Yeah, exactly. Um uh, what was that this guy? Yeah. Jailed for a Facebook post. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, I know. Oh yeah, this isn't the updated one though. This is a while ago. Oh yeah, well, if you want to read it. Please. Yeah. All right. Um, the 35-year-old activist and musician didn't think twice about the 23rd January Facebook thread until two months later when he learned that police had issued a warrant for his arrest, accusing him of threatening to kill law enforcement. Why waste all of the county's money on this? Good question, Ooh. said uh uh, Peralta, who turned himself in and was booked into jail despite having no criminal record. Uh. You're going to take me to jail for Facebook. Yes, we are. (laughs) Peralta's felony criminal case is part of what civil rights campaigners say is a disturbing trend of police and prosecutors targeting activists for social media posts, arresting users over innocuous political messages that constitute free speech. How many people say, I mean, everyone, We would all be in jail. Yeah, we would, you know, oh my God. I mean, I, I was a punk back in the day. You know how many kids say, kill cops, kill the, like it's, don't arrest me. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I take that back. Eh, not really. <laughs> you know, that's, things like that. You're like, dude, I'm not violent. Never been arrested. Never been booked. I have been technically put in handcuffs, but luckily I've, mm. you know, never have been actually booked in jail, but... I can only imagine if I had been for all those stupid reasons, you know, just speaking up, knowing what you're talking speaking about. Speaking in self-defense. Yeah, exactly. That That's it. Yeah. That'll let you get you booked. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Shit. <laughs> <sighs> I know. And I walked in, we're talking, you're talking about, you know, trans rights. And, and then I was like, wait, but I was just reading this on police. Oh man. What are we going to talk about? Oh yeah. I mean, it's all connected though. It's, you know, oh, yeah. repression from the state and then how that's, and it's Effects. white supremacy too. And like there's white supremacy within the LGBT movement. Yeah. Oh my fucking God. It's so gross. And it's like, oh, this is why we can't have nice things is because like the left can't get its shit together. <laughs> yeah. And there's so much infighting and it's. And they think they're so open. It's, it's kind of a little bit more gross because they think they're so awesome and we're it, good. It's like the neoliberal stuff or the liberal or even the moderate, like, yeah. you know, or folks yeah. who, and I, 
see myself in that too where it's like I don't I make mistakes all the time and you know it's like wanting to learn and learn and learn however if I were to like go out and be like oh everything I do is right I can't learn that's a problem yeah anyone who does that is a that's a problem yeah no we all can learn we're not I I that's the wisest thing you can be I know I'm wise because I know I don't know everything right I'm always willing to learn hear other people's sides of the story there's so many perspectives I don't know the majority of them which is why I like to be friends with as many different people Absolutely. I'm like, what's your problem? <laughs> like, tell, like, not, I don't, not in the negative way, but please tell me what are yeah, your struggles. Yeah, what's your experience like? Yeah, because we all experience different things. And then there's know. definitely some commonalities, and there's also, we get treated differently based on the bodies we're born into. Yeah, exactly. Just the way we present ourselves yeah. so much in this society. Yep. And it's hard, gr- I mean, growing up in this country, how can you not, like, internalize all like the the white supremacy and the misogyny and the homophobia and the transphobia i mean it's mm-hmm. it's it's impossible not to like yep. take on those qualities and those beliefs even if mm-hmm. we find them reprehensible yeah. it still makes its way into our like consciousness mm-hmm. so then how do we recognize it? first of all admit it recognize it and then work to undo that yeah exactly in our own behavior yeah it's it's so true <sighs> it's it's oh man like I'm, I'm I like to think of myself as open minded but I have to constantly it, it's a battle because I grew up with my my grandpa's super racist he's Costa Rican but he's just like things he would say just so racist and the fact that I never said anything back like pisses me off to this day yeah he's in jail now you know he he like had uh like freaking disability fraud and doing all kinds of drugs but this guy was like the most angry racist man towards black people mm. and like i was young at the time obviously i wasn't gonna be like hey don't say that grandpa when i'm like seven but just looking back i'm like hey apparently he got what he deserved he's in fucking jail now mm. i wonder what's going on there because i'm pretty sure there's a lot of black incarcerated men with him so yeah. uh yeah, it's everywhere. Even like with me, I'm like I I heard these things growing up, and I didn't think there was really I, I knew there was something wrong with them because I know hating someone based on the color of their skin just doesn't make sense. Yeah, but just you know pe- people thinking that it's okay to just say things like that, it's that's not okay. And I'm like. I'm learning, you know, I luckily, I don't let people talk that way in front of me, like ever. I, it's not acceptable. Um, a while ago I was on the bus and I don't know if I talked about this before, um, but it was a black man being racist towards Asians. And Mm -hmm. he thought for some reason that I would like cheer him on or something. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, you know, they come here and they get in, uh, I don't even know. He was just talking Mm -hmm. about how they come and infiltrate and they're everywhere. And I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't fight racism with a different form of racism, dude. And, like, I just, like, stopped talking to him. Like, because we were kind of talking, and then it crossed over into racism. I was like, dude, I thought we were talking about being poor. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, if we're both poor, I'm minority, you're minority. But we're not going to fucking attack another minority. Yeah. That's not how... We need to fucking get together and realize we all have struggles. Yeah. (laughs) And that's who the oppressive forces here are. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Exactly. They want us all to ban against each other. It's exactly... I'm like, you know you're doing what the white man wants right now just by being racist towards the Asian dude. You, that's that's what they want. Mm-hmm. Way to way to go, man. Way to go. Fight the power. <sighs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> that ridiculous. Mm. All right, I'm really thirsty. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I ran over here and it's a nice hot day in Oh, San yeah, Francisco. I didn't know it was going to be... It's like 80. Yeah, I'm wearing <laughs> pants, and that's always a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Stay in the shady side of the street, guys. That's what that's what we'll do. <laughs> so yeah, let's take a bit of a music break. We have a call coming in at one o'clock, and we're going to hear more about what's happening in Chechnya and ways that folks can help out. Because I know a lot of folks have been wanting to help out. Please. Yes. So, any music requests? Hmm. How about "Break the Chain"? Never break the chain by a Fleetwood Mac. I was listening to that yeah, yesterday really? in the gym. Ah, I love that. Let's ah. see. I think there's like a live version I have that's uh, up it's here. Beautiful. Yeah. I've been feeling a little sick too, so I always feel like a little Stevie Nicks like when my throat's all. Eh. Oh yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, as requested. Here's some Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> and then we'll be back with some more show in a bit. Yeah, yeah.
Welcome, everybody. And welcome back to the Weekly Review. That was Fleetwood Mac with the chain. And yeah, I just, that's so funny because I had heard that yesterday when I was at the gym. It's an amazing song. It is. (laughs) Oh, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. And there's a lot of old school, like 70s music. And that was like one of their, one of the nice mopey scenes that song plays. So nice. I was very happy about that. (laughs) Cool. I I have not... Hmm. Uh, headphone issues. Head- <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I, is it, that's a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly, I think I saw the first. I don't know. It's there's a lot of hype around it, so I went with a friend. It was interesting. It was yeah, cute. Okay. It was baby Groot. You know, baby tree guy. I've heard about this Groot person, but uh, I don't. You know, yeah. it's, he's just adorable, and all he says is Groot, and it's cute. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I, it was all right, but the chain was in it, oh, right so on. that made me very happy. It hits a soft spot because it's like my mom's favorite band. Oh, okay, she'd always play it as a kid or yep. when I was a kid. So I'm like, mother. Yeah, <laughs> I know of at least one person who was named Rhiannon. After... Oh, of course. Oh, one of my best friends growing up, her name's Sarah, mm-hmm. and she has a sister named Rhiannon also. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big influence on people. Big influence. <laughs> I always thought about what that would be like, considering they are. There was like two couples and then the single guy in the group and like there was a lot of drama in that band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's a beautiful woman, so mm-hmm. I guess, you know. <laughs> Musicians are always kind of complicated. Too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, speaking of which, yeah, we opened up the show with a song from Temple of the Dog. Oh. So, uh, yeah. My heart. Yeah. Yeah, everyone's dying. I mean, it's going to happen. It's just sometimes happens earlier than we anticipate. Yeah, I, I asked someone if it, I was it a suicide overdose. I don't even know what. It, I just saw that he was dead, and I yeah. just didn't even. I'm like, fuck. There goes another one. Yeah, I've heard both, and I guess uh-huh. it's yet to be confirmed. And then who, who you know, who also mm. who knows exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, well, just with the what? term like suicide overdose, you don't. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, they. It's all open for interpretation, exactly. which is a shame. Yeah. Yeah. We never know what was going on in their mind. Right, right. <laughs> then Roger Ailes died, though, and he was like the big guy at oh, Fox News. Yeah. So that was, some people were like, you know, it's like <laughs> the yin and the yang. <laughs> Someone posted that, a comedian friend. Yeah. It's like interesting <laughs> following people on social media because I've a lot of folks who are like comedians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then a lot of folks who are activists. Very different, kind of. Yes. In different ways. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And yeah. I appreciate both sides, where sometimes it's like a very humorous take on things, and then sometimes it's also a very, you know, well informed take on mm-hmm. things. And like, this is what this means, and this is the historical context, and this is the sociological mm-hmm. context of why this happened. And then other people are just kind of cracking jokes. Yeah, though, like, this is hilarious. But usually they're the ones that know the most about it, which mm. is why they're able to make it funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They understand on a deeper level. And right. Sometimes it's better to laugh than cry. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You have to do both, too. Oh, absolutely. That's I've been learning that a lot lately. Mm-hmm. It's okay to cry. Absolutely. Definitely. That was from... There was some thing I saw when I was a kid that mm-hmm. had a whole 
like song that was it's okay to cry and i was like this is so great because i cried a lot as a kid and it was like finally there's a message saying that like how i'm feeling or how i'm expressing myself is okay yeah exactly it's there's no shame or okay to be you and me yeah uh oh adorable (laughs) that's the next song (laughs) yeah yeah i'll have to look that up it's okay to cry yeah (laughs) well yeah i think a lot of uh, i growing up I cried all the time and I wasn't really ever put down for it but it was just so physically draining that as the older I got the more mm. I was like I don't want to cry all the time yeah but then you learn in my situation you just kind of remove yourself from negative situations so mm. you don't cry as much I mean it's still good to cry but when you're putting yourself like and there's so many people that are in just bad situations that they can't get out of, but yeah. there's somewhere you can. You know, it's just you need to have strength and be like, no, I'm not going to cry anymore. I'm just going to get the fuck out of this shitty, abusive relationship. Sure, or sure. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's tough as a kid, though, because you don't have as much agency. Yeah, precisely. Choices. Yeah. Yeah, that's why as an adult, I'm like, I don't need to be here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness for that, for yeah. the ability to kind of leave certain situations yeah. that are not healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. I was having a long, my aunt was, you know, telling me all about her, you know, her friend needs to have an intervention and she was going through a divorce where her husband was a drug addict and she was pregnant when he left her. She was like six, seven weeks. Like she just found out. Wow. And, uh, she was talking about, you know, like the, the reason she finally, she, accepted him back but then after six months he left or she kicked him out and it was because of the kids you know she had this newborn and she's like the kids don't have any say in this marriage they they have to deal with it i'm not going to make them deal with it you know yes yeah. and a lot of pe- i hate that term you know stay together for the kids that's so bad that's like the worst thing you can do <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> Even though, you know, she was like, oh, yeah, you know, the kids never saw us arguing. And I'm like, they feel it. Yeah. They, I'm sure they, you think they can Kids are intuitive. They, they get it. They get it. So don't stay together for the kids. Mm -hmm. Fuck them up even more. Yeah. (laughs) Take care of yourself. Yeah. Take care of your kids. And don't have a kid to stay together. (laughs) That's also bad news. Oh, God. Seriously. I don't like telling people what to do, but that is one thing I will say. It's like. (laughs) Yeah. It's not going to fix anything. Yeah. Oh, it's... Just adding more numbers to the equation, which makes it more complicated. Definitely. (laughs) But, yeah. That's... You know, poor babies. (laughs) But, yeah. Happy mama means happy kids. So, so mothers out there, take care of yourself. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. May everyone take care of themselves. Yeah, exactly. We all have an effect on somebody, mm-hmm. whether they be your kids, family members, friends, coworkers, bus drivers. I'm yeah, looking bus- at your shirt, so that's why I yeah, thought of a bus driver. Magic school bus. <laughs> she taught me so much. <laughs> Goodness, I know teachers. Yeah, oh. teachers. <laughs> I love teachers. <laughs> God, one day I want to be a teacher. You can be. Yeah, I mean, we're you all already t- are a teacher. Right. <laughs> but I want to get paid less. I'm just kidding. <laughs> a horrible joke because it's true. Well, you know they are talking about getting housing for teachers here in San Francisco. <gasps> yes, I did hear about that. Yeah. yeah, I read that, and then one of my friends graduated from Mills, mm-hmm. and apparently they're like going to get rid of like thirty professors or something. No, so yeah, it went from housing, and then oh no, this awesome liberal school is fuck. Oh. Teachers ever? Oh, and you read that article about um. 
a math teacher here in the city. Who is, like, homeless? Yeah, she's fucking homeless, like, living on someone's couch or yeah. something. Like, she gets paid, no- and she has, like, another job also, and... All she wants to do is help the hmm. world. Get, yeah. You know, she's, uh, and you know, it's awesome though, is even after reading that, I'm still like, I want to be a teacher. Yeah. Cause you know, it's like, even if other people don't appreciate it, I, I would know that I am making Helping a difference. Helping people. Yeah. And that's like what really matters. Right. Right. You know, you're like, oh, I'm making a difference. She sleeps better at night than a lot of other folks who are doing work that's maybe not helpful. <laughs> yeah. The work of the devil. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Ah, CVS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. I mean, I appreciate people standing up for what they believe in and putting themselves mm-hmm. at risk. I mean, that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, super noble, man. Very noble. It's, it's beautiful. More people need to do that. Mm-hmm. Stop being scared. You gotta be courageous. Yeah. Believe in yourself. Yeah, and easier said than done. It's like, I can talk and talk and talk, and then when I see myself in a situation, I don't know how I'm going to act. I yeah. could totally see myself flipping and being like... Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna walk away. I'm yeah, gonna blend in with the crowd. It's yeah, like, absolutely. I understand that. Like that's a natural human reaction is to yeah. want to protect yourself first, especially when people are coming in with weapons and with this idea of authority. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I, I know I'm pretty when when I've been in situations. I know I'm, I do like to stand up. Like that's mm-hmm. one thing my mom has always instilled in me. Like if there's someone there who has no one to stand up, you stand up for them. If mm-hmm. you know something wrong's happening, right, right. But I've never had a gun held to my face, yeah. so I don't fucking know. Yeah. What I, w- I would probably get down on my face and be like, don't shoot! Yeah. Please, I have a twitch, don't kill me, you know. When you were telling me about the the cops that were trying to, you know, get go after that shoplifter of of toilet paper, I honestly thought you were going to be like, and they shot the guy. Yeah. Or, you know, they shot the Muni driver. They didn't catch him. No. God, they, was... didn't even, they didn't even catch him. <laughs> you fucking more. They needed to get somebody. They got their thumb hurt. Like, oh, how am I going to pull the trigger next time? Wow. Oh. Wow. Yeah. That is deep. That's that is deep. Hey. God damn it. <laughs> Oh, uh, God. Yeah. So we have a call that will be coming in oh, yeah. soon. So we're, you know, waiting on that. Awesome. In the, oops. In the meantime, I might pull up a few more articles because yeah. there's a lot to other injustices. Please. <laughs> and not Every day. Justice not being served, I should say. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> one is, well, let's, oh, no. Okay, so <laughs> there's, there's, there's a few bad things that are happening. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> one is, uh, this came out yesterday, FCC votes to advance net neutrality repeal. Which would be bad news. So yeah. the, the the internet, which we know is problematic in a lot of ways already, they're looking to kind of make it even worse. Uh, yep. Um, so this article is from The Hill. Uh, Federal Communications Commission Chairman Ajit Pai, uh, Pai's plan to roll back net neutrality rules took its first step forward on Thursday. The commission voted two to one ugh, along party lines to advance Paul's... I can't even see this. P-A-I. Oh, Pai. Pay or Pai's uh, Restoring Internet Freedom Proposal. Which would not be restoring internet freedom. Uh, yeah, absolutely. If you have money, it does. Uh, which would repeal current net neutrality protections. Thursday's vote opens a period of public input before the agency advances the proposal. The FCC's formal decision to consider the proposal did not come without resistance. Good. The commission's lone Democrat, Mignon Clyburn, harshly criticized the, the proposal, and activists braved the heat to protest outside FCC headquarters. 
While the majority engages in flowery rhetoric about light touch regulation and so on, the end game appears to be a no touch regulation and a whole scale destruction of the FCC's public interest authority in the 21st century, Clyburn, Clyburn said in her dissent. Of course, it's a fucking woman standing up for what's right. Yeah, of course, of course. I know, it's like the lone Democrat. Oh, <laughs> um, thank you, Mignon. What was her name? <laughs> uh, Cl- uh, Mignon Clyburn. Mignon. Nice. Good thank name. You. I know. Uh, Senator John Thune, Republican from South Dakota, the chairman of the Senate Co- Commerce Committee, applauded the move. Probably doesn't know fucking shit about the internet. <sighs> applauded the move and probably is like old enough that he doesn't doesn't, get, doesn't it. get it. Not that it has to be an ageist thing. Uh, I'm just guessing yeah. that he's not someone who's who knows what's happening. Yeah. No, I, I get That's it. That's my assumption. If I'm wrong, I'll admit that I'm wrong. Yeah, you're like, sorry. We'll do some research on you, John Thune. Yes. So John Thune, <laughs> the chairman of the Senate Commerce Committee, applauded the move and called for Democrats to come to the table to work out a legislative compromise on the issue. In politics, it's rare to get a second chance at bipartisan <laughs> compromise, yet right now we have an opportunity to accomplish what eluded us two years ago, clear and certain rules and statute to protect the open internet, he said on, a, on the Senate floor, ahead of the commission's vote. Pay's proposal would undermine existing net neutrality rules by undoing the legal basis of the regulations. The 2015 order imposed the rules by reclassifying the broadband industry as telecommunication services, which brought internet service providers under the FCC's authority. The Obama-era net neutrality regulations passed in 2015 as the open internet order aimed to create a level playing field on the internet by ensuring that broadband providers treated all online content the same. Yeah. Public interest groups have been aggressively, have aggressively opposed Pai's proposed initiative, showed up, have aggressively opposed, that have aggressively opposed. <laughs> it's okay. We're getting I know there. what you're saying. <laughs> uh, proposed initiative uh, showed up in force outside the FCC Thursday to protest the decision. Pei wants to continue the Trump administration's assault on free speech and political dissent and hand over control of the internet to his corporate cronies at AT&T, Comcast, and Verizon. Ugh. The Free Press field director, Mary Alice Krim, Free Press and groups such as the American Civil Liberties Union, Electronic Frontier Foundation, and Color for Change have rallied their supporters to demonstrate against Pei's plan. At the demonstrations, the groups displayed a large faceless figure in this in a suit plastered with stickers for AT&T, Verizon, and other companies, and brought along puppets of uh, President Trump and Pei. Mm. Net neutrality supporters have argued lobbyists from the telecommunications industry are driving the initiative. Republicans and broadband providers oppose the Obama-era regulations, accusing the FCC of regulatory overreach. They say the FCC regulation of broadband providers has inhibited investment Money. in broadband <laughs> infrastructure, adversely harming consumers. Money. Pro-net neutrality groups challenge this assertion. They argue that broadband companies' analysis of investment numbers are not comprehensive enough and that other numbers show broadband growth. By multiple... By multiple... By multiple <laughs> independent metrics, ISP claims of depressed investment don't mesh with reality, from actual capital expenditure numbers to patents to prices. Title II has not had the effects that ISPs claim. The Internet Association, a trade association for internet companies like Google, Facebook, Amazon, wrote in a report. Senator Ed Markey, Democrat from Mass., one of Pei's most vocal critics in Congress was among those in the crowd outside the FCC's offices. We're going to fight this rule. We're going to fight it at the FCC. We're going to fight for the right to make sure that the FCC is flooded with comments and that the net neutrality rules are working and that there is no problem. 
and that they should not dismantle them. <laughs> can you tell them this is like going on? Anyway. Um, okay. Uh, fast forwarding to the end because yes. that's the generation I'm about VHS tapes. Yeah. <laughs> HBO's John Oliver has already urged viewers of his show to do the same. Okay, yes. the advocacy groups to speak out against this. Yeah. The comedian is encouraging individuals to visit gofccyourself.com, which redirects to the Restoring Internet Freedom proposal. It's unclear if the backlash from groups and Democratic lawmakers will have an impact. Democrats seem eager for a fight over net neutrality that could turn into an election issue in 2018 hmm. and have so far showed little interest in coming up with a legislative compromise. Huh. Well, what's wrong with it now? <laughs> I mean, it sounds old school. If it's not broke, why, why, why are you trying to fix it? Because they can make more money yeah, off it. I mean, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like that's the, it's so funny that they just, that, that's what you're doing, dude. Go fight another battle, man. <laughs> go, oh God, go FCC yourself. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love that. Oh God, ridiculous! Uh, lordy, lord, lord. Yeah, lord. yeah. Oh God, damn it! Yep. <laughs> choose your battles. These are the battles they choose. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, and it's like on all fronts too. It's like there's like against free speech, against so much else. It's yeah. just, uh. it's scary, man. It's scary. <laughs> God damn it. So, it's a battle over nothing, pretty much. Just yep. wasting time. Babies are dying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are being murdered in the streets. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, which protest does one show up to? There's yeah. so many. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'd like to protest his views, but... Yeah. I mean, where where are they taking place? Do they have uh, info on that? Let's find out now. I would yeah. guess in somewhere in D.C., but yeah, FCC yeah. protest headquarters... HQ. Let's see. Let's find out some information for us listeners. Yeah, exactly. Some deets. DC. Occupy the FCC. That's something else, too. If you go to OccupyTheFCC.com. Awesome. That's also happening. And this is Save the Internet. And uh, So, yeah, Thursday, hundreds to protest FCC at DC headquarters to protect neutrality. Thousands joined online for the, it was like the May 15th day of action. This was from the free press. So, yeah, and this is in DC. That folks were protesting. Awesome. It's yeah, the, that's where their headquarters are. Oh, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. People are out there. That's yeah. what matters. <laughs> yes, indeed. Gosh. <laughs> what else is going on in the world, man? Well, do we really want to know? Because <laughs> I mean, I already know. Yeah. It's same shit, different day. Okay, so this comes from the frontier, and this came out May 18th. Juror says we all agreed Betty Shelby should never be a patrol officer again. So going back into the abuse of police officers, hmm. one oh. of the 12 jurors who acquitted Tulsa police officer Betty Shelby of manslaughter on Wednesday told the frontier the jury penned a letter to Chief Chuck Jordan saying that Shelby should never again be a patrol officer. The Frontier granted the juror anonymity in exchange for an interview. He said the jury felt that the state's prosecution was shoddy and that they should have gotten, they could have gotten a conviction had they done a better job. Hmm. He said all 12 jurors wrote a letter they intended to be sent to Jordan in which they stated their belief that Shelby should not be a patrol officer. There was a range of belief there, he said. Some of us thought she would be good behind a desk. She sounded like an excellent diver. Hmm. I thought she would make a great... EMT. I don't know if it's they really mean diver or if it's a driver and it's a misprint. Yeah, Just reading misprint. what I'm reading what's written. Okay. He said he felt that Shelby was a fearful person and the jury agreed someone uh, with that mindset should not be on patrol. Um, okay. Blah. So this is, you know, another officer who murdered someone and got off. Mm, of course. Yeah. And, and then the ones that don't murder are the ones that do, you know, 
end get up fired. Jail, get yeah, fired without. Yeah, I was there's that this, story. Yeah, I know. I was thinking because I know that's happened many times. The good yeah. cops are the ones that get punished. Yeah, but I feel like I just read something recently, and I wasn't yeah. sure if that was an old article or if it happened again, where a cop refused to kill somebody. <laughs> Yeah. And now he's being punished for showing restraint. <laughs> yeah. And having a, a good conscience. Yeah, that, that happened. Punishment. <laughs> yes, yeah, so a little over a week ago, Stephen Mater said he didn't believe R.J. Williams was a threat to officers, yeah. but the 21-year-old died anyway. And so the HuffPost and a few other places have this article, ex-cop who refused to shoot young black man, Sioux City, over his firing. So he was, like, fired for... Not killing yeah, a black man. This is, yeah, former mm-hmm. West Virginia police officer who witnessed the... F- the fatal police shooting of a young black man last year is now suing the city where he was employed, saying he was fired for not shooting the man himself. Mm. Stephen Mader was fired from his job as a police officer in Weirton, West Virginia, on June 7th, 2016, for unsuccessfully meeting the prob- probationary standards of an officer and showing apparent difficulties in critical incident reasoning, <sighs> according to a federal lawsuit the ACLU of West Virginia filed Wednesday on Mader's behalf. In an interview with HuffPost... Mater said it was around 2 a.m. on May 6, 2016, when he received a dis- dispatch call about a man who reportedly had a knife and was threatening to harm himself. Hmm. So even with folks, it's like the cops shouldn't have even been called anyway, like for mental health issues. Yeah, it, he was, yeah, threatening to commit suicide and he has a knife. I yeah. mean, it's, yeah, that's, yeah. <sighs> yep. Ah, that's the way to, to solve the world's problems. Yeah. Apparently. God. Yeah, yeah, I know. And uh, I'm not sure if this is true, but I know um, I've heard from a few different people that uh, in order to be a cop, you can't have above uh, a certain IQ. Yeah. If you're too smart, you can't be with us. You got to be perfect a level of stupid. Just they're like the Borg, you know, just Mm -hmm. assimilate. Do what we say. Don't question us. Yeah. (laughs) Kill, kill, kill. (laughs) Specifically the dark people. Yeah. Uh, Fucking A. Yeah. God. That makes me so sad. (laughs) The good ones are punished, man. No good deeds go unpunished. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm. Fuck, man. (laughs) And I'm like, what happened? I know. I mean, I see things all the time on the street, too. (laughs) So I'm like, hmm, what? What what happened this week? What happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It seems to be yeah. like an ongoing. Yeah. Especially being in Oakland all the time, it's kind of, I'm still not sure how to feel when I see cops. Because there's a lot more black people in Oakland, at least where I live, which makes me feel awesome. But I still get scared when I see cops because I'm like, wait. Are yeah. they going to act like how how we think they, well, how they do normally act? You know, what we hear in media and on the news. Yeah. I'm like, oh God, what's going to happen? But I'm like, but there's way too many people here. This, I don't know. It's just anxiety I feel all the time. I'm like, please, not in front of me. Just yeah. don't do it at all, but fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, and obviously we know this is real. There's dead bodies all over the place. Young black men for the most part. I know this is happening. But I am so thankful I've never seen it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's selfish of me. Mm-hmm. That's That would just, I don't know, I think I'd be traumatized. I mean, I'm already traumatized. Yeah. But, like, for these moms and, uh, oh, uh, I uh, met a friend, or I made a friend. It's my uh, my cousin works at the mall. And a girl he works with, um, she's from Philly. And she had a hat that said, like, long live 
N-A-A, and I, I thought it was, like, kind of, like, a funny joke, like, nah, like, you know, long live nah, and she's like, oh, no, that was my little brother, and I was like, fuck, mm. what happened, and he, he was shot by police, they were, like, on a, like, he was a passenger in the car or something like that, and the cop shot at the car, and, fuck. and he was, like, 15 or 16, Jeez. and I was like, you know, it's like, you hear about this all the time, yeah. And I mean, these people live around us, you know, the ones that are affected by it, the mothers and the brothers and sisters and the children of the people that are killed. But I've never actually, I, sadly, I've never really talked to anybody about, you know, these things. And I've never been that close to anybody. And that made me feel bad because it's happening all the time. But I like, we had a deep conversation about, you know, how it's affected her and her family. And, you know, and that was her little brother. And she feels all this anger because she wasn't there with him. And, but it's like, you know, probably would have happened anyways, somehow. Like, that's what's so scary. Like, you could be, you know, they're like, keep the kids off the streets, off drugs and gangs. And but he was a good kid, though. You know, he was going to school, got good grades, was on the football team, and it's like, doesn't, it's because he was black. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck, man. <sighs> Shit. Can't do anything right, man. It's the way you're fucking born, people. <sighs> you have no control over it. <laughs> this systematic racism is just mind-blowing and so illogical, and I hate when things aren't logical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that's like the whole point of building a society is to try to make it make sense and work. And, yeah. Uh, but not when Nazis are running it. No. Nope. <laughs> what else? What uh, else? Yeah. So we're still waiting on this call. Hopefully mm-hmm. we'll be calling in soon. In the meantime, there was the, the Puerto Rican political prisoner who was set free. So yeah. can read that oh, story. Awesome, so that's please. some positive news. Heck yeah. Thank you. And this comes from <laughs> Latina.com. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this is written by uh, Raquel Richard. And this mm-hmm. came out on May 17th. So, so, uh, Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican, I cannot. <laughs> Puerto Rican political prisoner, Oscar Lopez Rivera set free. Um, Oscar Lopez Rivera was set free from house arrest in Puerto Rico Wednesday morning after 36 years in U.S. custody, one of the longest times served of any political prisoner in the country in 1981. (sighs) Fuck. So that's like a year after I was born. In 1981, the Puerto Rican nationalist was sentenced to 55 years in prison for his involvement with FALN, a pro-independence group responsible for dozens of bombings on the island, as well as New York, Chicago, and Washington, D.C. in the 70s and 80s. Lopez Rivera, however, was never tied to any of the bombings. Oh, oh my God. What a waste of a life. (laughs) In his last days in office... Oh, we have a phone call. Ah, let's see. Get it done. Hello, thanks for calling Mutiny Radio. Hey, hey. Is this Roman? Oh, yes, this is. AC, hello. Hey, it's AC. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling in. Sure. I have... um, I'm walking as I'm talking to you because I have an appointment. I have to be somewhere, too, but I wanted to catch you. Please, yes, yes. So, there's a couple things. I just posted a link on the BAQAFM site to a phone conversation that I was a part of. It's a conference call, which has some information. Oh, great. A lot of updated information for oh. you, so you could play oh, wonderful. the audio or portion of it on the radio. Oh, yes. Chechnya. And um, yes. a lot of the other information I think I put into my editorial, which you have. Yes. But I wanted to know if there's anything really specific that you were needing. Oh, it was just more for like the listeners. I feel like you talked about a lot of good points uh, yesterday at the, at the vigil, so if there was a 
ways that for folks to help out. We know that the the Rusa was. Want to like, do something uh, on the radio now? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please <laughs> tell us. Excuse me. Tell us. I want information. I want to know everything. Oh, yeah, this is a co-host says all, yeah. Hey, hey. Oh, okay, so, uh, well, I'm walking now, so I can give about 10 minutes. Sure. I can do it in about five minutes when I'm upstairs and it's quieter because sure. I'm crossing the street right now. Okay. Um, so I think it would be easiest if you guys just prepare maybe three or four questions for me. Sure. All right, and I'll call you back in about two minutes. Sounds Thank great. You. Thanks. Sounds Thanks. good. So what do you know? I just know they're fucking, fucking with the gay men. Yeah. Concentration so, camps for gay men. They're being tortured, killed, all the time. Yeah. And folks have been. So. So folks have been, you know, trying to leave the country and like even going to Europe. That hasn't necessarily been an option because people have been threatened to be followed if they go to Europe. So I know like a lot of different pieces from from hearing AC speak. Okay. So um, as far as the questions I have go, um, it was more this idea of just trying to get the word out for folks who yeah, who exactly. didn't didn't know much. Yeah. Exactly. So maybe one way would be like, what are direct ways that folks here in the states can help? Yeah. yeah. And um, the story. Why why is it that they can't leave? Yeah. What's stopping them. I'm sure a lot of fucking. Yeah. Are like I know, them. I mentioned earlier that only one person so far has gotten a visa into the U.S. Oh, wow. One out of... Oh, God, I don't even want to know. Yeah. How many bodies will we so, never know about? Yeah, we're not sure. And they're also just trying to keep it very quiet. And they, they have this idea that somehow people aren't gay, so therefore this thing... They're just denying it. Yeah. And the more, like, international pressure that we ha- you know that we have is, like, the better, certainly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. The more, yeah. Keep an eye on them. So mm-hmm. We see you. Yeah. That's not okay. Yeah. It's... God... They think it's like a mental issue or something, you know, you know uh, oh God, but no, you, you're the one with the issues. If you can't accept somebody, yeah. they're a good person. Leave them the fuck alone. Yeah. But it's like, that's this internalized fear. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even get it. I don't want to get it, but yeah, we need a, this can't be happening. Yeah. So are there like any bills or petitions or, well, I mean, I know there's, they collected like 10,000 signatures and then the group of activists got right know, right they were arrested, arrested on yeah. their way to go deliver them right um, is that connected to this yeah, yeah direct right yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so apparently because that was seen as a protest in some way yeah they viewed that as illegal oh my god so and, I wanted- and there's no um there's no group in Chechnya that's able to speak up about this right now as well as another issue which is why they're calling on more international pressure yeah makes sense yeah we gotta help them out yeah hear that folks <laughs> call them out on their bullshit and their insanity yeah yeah how can we help how can we help well I know I saw there was a bunch of links um like different groups that you could donate to but <clears throat> I'm always I'm skeptical mm-hmm. cause I'm like it's awesome that these groups exist. I hope they exist, and I hope the money's going to. Yes. However, the fuck they're. Supp- how are you supposed to help them? Honestly, right. See, there's only one person that got a visa. Yeah. It's it's like, I hate to use the word hopeless, but it's like you need to have hope, obviously, for the future. But that is, fuck, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what can I do? What yeah. Can I do? So yeah. So do you have any like particular questions? Well, I'd about, like to. I yeah. I won't really want to know what is it that's like the stories behind what's stopping them mm-hmm. from leaving. Yeah. 
And if they are able to leave, is there even any help? Yeah. If, you know, they're able, you know, to yeah. get underneath the radar and escape to a more liberal country in Europe. Yeah. Um, so if, do they know the amount, the numbers of men that have died? Or is this all just, you know, undercover? I mean, they just burn the bodies. Is this just like a fucking concentration camp? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm glad they're using that word because that's a really serious word. Yeah. <laughs> this is not... Like a gay camp. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, I, I think I forget you had posted it or something, you know, when people joke about these, like, uh, you know, like the gay camps or, you know, like you think that it's like all happy reading Bible verses, but it's probably them just getting fucking tortured. Yeah. And just, well, I mean, it's, even if it's not physically, it's psychologically torturing because yeah. you're killing their, them, their, their person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. I can only imagine how much worse it is over there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> things like that happen right here. <laughs> so, God. yeah. So we can start, I guess, playing a little bit of the call while we wait, if yeah. that sounds good. And then Please. when AC calls back, a few of the, the questions that you wanted to ask. <clears throat> yeah, oh, definitely. Cool. All right. So this is um, from cbst.org, and that's a queer congregation in New York. Um, I believe... Bites. Um, are they in New York? I am. <laughs> Don't quote. It me. sounds really <laughs> familiar, and so I'm gonna play this, and uh, I'll also post the link to this. It's like a 45 minute conversation, so I'll, we'll we'll see how far we can get with this and get some background information in the meantime. Yeah, totally. Knowledge is power. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today for this very important uh, conference call. Uh, my name is uh, Rabbi Sharon Kleinbaum, and I'm the senior rabbi here at Congregation Beit Simchat Torah. And I'm uh, joined today by Rabbi David Bauer, who is our director of social justice programming, and Lyosha Gorshka, uh, Gorshkov, who is going to be talking to us about the situation for uh, the LGBT world in the Russian-speaking world and focusing specifically on Chechnya. Now, let us just start by saying... Uh, that we've all heard lots of different news reports and with various forms of social media have been horrified to see images and hear different kinds of reports that are coming in from all different places. We at CBSC felt it very important to bring somebody um, onto this call who could actually help us understand what's going on there to get a better uh, understanding of the history of what's bringing us to this moment and to think a little bit strategically about how, the, how those of us here in the United States could best be of help to the LGBT community in the Russian-speaking world. And we want to, of course, acknowledge that there are a lot of Russian-speaking LGBT folks here in the United States, especially in a city like New York City. And we're honored here at CBST to host a very important organization um, called Rusa LGBT, um, which I strongly urge everybody on the call, if you're not already familiar with Rusa LGBT, to uh, get familiar either on Facebook or on their website, which is uh, rusalgbt.com. They also have a Facebook page. And they are the face here in America um, for the LGBT community back in the former Soviet Union. So if you want to get accurate and uh, in-depth information about what's happening in the Russian-speaking former Soviet Union, really here in the United States, Rusa LGBT is the place to go. So I'm very um, honored, really, to welcome today to um, this phone call, Lyosha, 
who is a very active leader in Rusa LGBT. And uh, Lyosha has a degree in political science that he got um, from, per, from PERM in Russia in gender and LGBT studies. Um, and Lyosha has recently um, received status, right? Right. He just recently got asylum status right, one here. One month ago. One month ago, asylum status here in the United States. So we're thrilled. So we want to start, and uh, we, uh, Leosha and I will be in conversation for a while, and then we will be reading your questions, and Leosha will be available to answer all of your questions. Um, so Leosha, let's begin with kind of the basics. Um, what is the situation in Chechnya specifically, and in the former Soviet Union in general, and how did we arrive at this point? So uh, thank you for having me. I'm really thrilled to be here and to be with everybody who joined this call. So actually, it's very complicated to start with because we are recently having a huge influx of Russian-speaking uh, immigrants who are arriving from different 12 post-Soviet republics with different backgrounds because it was a very multicultural union. And we got people from all over the uh, countries and specifically from very religious context and very orthodox religious context. And uh, to get to know about Chechnya, I have to just start that Chechnya was a part of Russia since 19th century when Russia uh, annexed them. It was uh, during the war and since then some uh, troops, some uh, groups uh, started this war for independence. And they always will be very uh, outrageous towards Russian government and they will be fight all the way along since 19th century. And when the Soviet Union collapsed, Chechnya demanded that we have to be independent. They created their own uh, Republic of Ichkeria and Jahar Dudayev, who was the leader of those groups, he uh, just put the religious context inside the Chechnya mm -hmm. and he started um, this secession from Russian government and it caused us the first civil war between Russia and Chechnya, Russian government and Chechen Republic. And uh, the Chechnya was completely destroyed by uh, Russian military troops and uh, civil population should leave uh, Chechnya and settle down in different regions. But since Putin came to power, Hello. he uh, made an agreement with... Hey, there. Uh, hey thanks for calling back in. We can't just... hear you guys too well. Can you turn up your volume? Oh, yeah, here we go. We just uh, were listening to the, the link that you posted. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's very good. <laughs> yeah, so um, Zalia had some questions. Yeah. So um, uh, Roman informed me that there's only uh, one person that was able to get a visa out. To the U.S. Um, if... Um, what can what can be done to make this number one go up? Because that's it's so depressing. It sounds hopeless, but obviously there's. I mean, that's why we need to take it to the international level. So there's a lot of people here that would support them any way we can. How? There's a lot of activity happening behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of very dedicated people in refugee agencies, including in the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. Given that the Trump administration has made such a statement and policy around um, trying to extremely limit um, immigration and asylum visas, and particularly this rhetoric around terrorism and linking it with people of Muslim faith. Mm -hmm. It puts a lot of barriers up on a political level. Yeah. So um, 
there is a lot of activity taking place, a lot of pressure taking place. People yeah. in Congress in particular have been mobilized. Uh, so uh, people are doing everything they can. Mm-hmm. I think that the um, there was a false report that nine, the U.S. Had, had denied 19 visas. That was not true. Mm. Um, so these are in process. And I actually anticipate, and I can't really say more, I'm not at liberty to say more now, but I anticipate we will be seeing that number change and possibly possibly soon. Um, so Hopefully. I think the main thing we can do is really increase the noise and the pressure on okay. our local and city and state leaders to push for congressional support ah, I see. Uh, for that action yeah. and to also provide resources for the organizations now that are trying to do the resettlement work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so that's the, you know, the big political ask on it. Um, and I think that open letters are, are also asked for letters of solidarity. Mm-hmm. To, a couple of days ago now, I guess uh, the United Nations chief added his voice. Awesome. Uh, we haven't yet heard, for example, from the Pope. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. So back channel, yes, but not publicly. Mm. Trump, not publicly. Of course. So I think that there are ways that people can, via in their institutions, via private citizens in corporations and in... Uh, and in uh, and in uh, their workplaces, employee unions, all of these is to really mobilize a much greater U.S. demand yeah. for an action against, uh, you know, prevention of genocide. Oh, and I think it is important to distinguish that while these folks are specifically being persecuted and there is a campaign to try to eradicate this class of Russian citizens on the basis of, mm. you know, perceived gender, the situation of Chechnya overall is one that warrants much more U.S. attention. Yes. And so speaking out on behalf of and in support of the release of what we're calling the Chechen 100, which are gay men who have been arrested and are being illegally detained in several detention centers, mm-hmm. we need to make a, a really important uh, demand also for the release of other Chechen citizens who are in illegal detention. And we need to push the Putin regime, government, Putin himself, mm-hmm. to do and carry out and follow up and release the information we have uh, with regard to the federal uh, Russian investigation mm-hmm. into these detentions. Ah. That is a big demand. And again, that's something that U.S. citizens, every individual can add their voice to. There are online petitions. There are actions. A National Day of Action is being organized. It was originally slated for June 2nd. That day is now being looked at, but it will happen in June, certainly for the United States. So there's a lot of specific actions. There's also the social media actions we've talked about. We talked about yesterday at the vigil and the rallies in New York and here in San Francisco, which are that the Chechnyan leader, uh, Ramzan Kadriyev, has uh, a social media account and he's constantly on that account on instagram on facebook presenting himself as a kind of a good guy somebody even you know espousing some kind of civil liberty support when in fact his regime has been brutal it's incredibly repressive not only of social or or of uh excuse me um of gay gays as a as a sort of minority but uh sort of any group that he considers to be politically um in his mind, an enemy or undesirables. So there's been a complete suppression of 
many civil liberties, including assembly, including freedom of speech. Yeah. Um, certainly, women uh, who are who have been uh, you know feminists uh, are, are 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 sort of targeted, um, and you know Chechnyans themselves, Chechen citizens at this point, because of the successive wars uh, and the Russians' uh, sort of a, a suppression of the independence movement are themselves considered to be suspect as terrorists. So any Chechen mm. um, has carrying this burden of being perceived as potential terrorists because they're coming from that region and because they're maybe of Muslim faith, although there are other faiths and other religions um, that are there. So, you know, we really need to also address Islamophobia as U.S. citizens, and this is really the discourse. Yep. I think that educating yourself in your community, educating yourself in your workplace, you know, educating yourself in conversations with your neighbors. We have to look at our own eyes and our own rhetoric and our own narratives that are coming from the United States about refugees and asylees that yep. are from Muslim um, and Islamic, uh, Islamic countries. Um, so to me, those are all actions we can take. Awesome. Finally, the easy ones are, you know, giving money to several organizations in New York. There's the Rusa LGBT, but here in San Francisco, we have a chapter of that group. And in every city, uh, every certainly state of the United States, there are asylees who need our support now yeah. and organizations trying to reach out. So one of the things I say to people who are listening now is that we need to develop a stronger LGBT refugee resettlement movement. Mm. Yeah. And the first way to start is to educate yourself about who's in your own backyard, who's been doing the work. Yeah. You don't know how to find those people, talk to faith leaders, go to your churches, find mosques, find out what the needs are in your own community and start there. And very soon you'll be connected to other communities in the United States and other people who are mobilizing those resources. We know that the Chechens who self-identify as LGBT cannot easily reach out yeah. to other LGBT organizations. They're marked for death exactly. inside Chechnya and it's hard for them even when they get outside because they're still reliant on family and social networks. Yeah. So we need to create safe networks for them. It may not be that it's LGBT groups that give them the first line of service. It might be a mosque. It might be a sports organization. It might be a school. It might be an educational program. Mm -hmm. We have to figure out what are safe stepping stones for them. Yeah. And that's our job. Awesome. Oh, God. <laughs> Man. Well, also... Um I wanted to just, I mean, so people can know exactly how, how bad is it? I mean, the numbers. Um, well, and, in terms of the numbers of people in Chechnya who might be detained, we don't know. Yeah, who are but marked for death, the, essentially. The repression is very severe. Yeah. And mm. we know that we have 150,000 Chechen refugees in Europe who have fled that region. Okay. And there are some, many, of course, are inside the other, you know, other parts of Russia. Yeah. But the Kadriov regime is brutal. Mm -hmm. violent. They use kidnappings, torture, extortion. Mm -hmm. They have engaged in honor killings, not just supporting honor killings of, of presumed gays or, or gay men or homosexuals, mm -hmm. um, but also other others, uh, you know, women who may not be uh, uh, perceived as conforming to an extremely traditional uh, Islamic code of conduct, mm -hmm. uh, religious code of conduct, very similar to what ISIS, well, ISIS has an extreme version of you know, 7th century Quranic law that they have trotted out as, you know, the, the rules for mm. citizens. Yeah. Uh, and that includes uh, the killing of what they call the children of Lot 
children, you know, citizens who are presumed to be gay. Mm -hmm. But this is also something that's used to basically tarnish political opposition figures and others who don't go along. And the biggest problem is that Putin has given a carte blanche to Kadriov and to his regime. And in, in doing so, he's given to some extent a carte blanche to local authorities to implement those rules mm -hmm. as they wish. Mm -hmm. So you have a very <coughs> lawless yeah. administration of essentially a very suppressive rule inside of Chechnya. Yeah. And Putin is the one who can change that. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, I like the fact that they use, I mean, they're essentially concentration camps. I like the fact that they use that word, because that obviously, everyone associates that word with the Holocaust. It's essentially kind of what's happening, just another group of people. I think that it's very important to be careful about one's language. Of course. The reason that I think that people are using the word genocide in the case yeah, of the I, yeah, very the, small it, number of gay men in Chechnya, ultimately relatively small, we're talking about under 100 people. Mm -hmm. We're also talking about their families, so maybe we're talking about, you know, under 1,000 people. Mm -hmm. But we're also talking about a region where there's an assumed 1.25 million people that live in which one can maybe presume, mm -hmm. based on global estimates, and national estimates that have been in other regions that perhaps 5 to 10% of that population might identify as LGBT. Yeah. If so, mm -hmm. we're talking about a yes. much, much larger number of people who, if their sexual identity is known, immediately become marked for killing yep. because there is a social demand mm -hmm. that is supported by, in some cases, some religious leaders and certainly members of the Kadriyev uh, regime that encourage families and relatives to kill those individuals in order to remove whatever stain might be perceived as coming from homosexuality. Mm. If people are have a member of the family who's perceived as being gay, there is this sort of assumption that they have to do something to remove that person in order to restore the honor yeah. to the family. And in this case, what it means is that the other siblings, the children, the sons and the daughters can't marry. And this is a very traditional culture. Mm -hmm. So the problem with it is by doing this action, Kadriev has not only targeted a class of citizens, he's also targeted their families. And so their families are being put in a position where either they can kill one of their family members in order to themselves avoid that, quote, mm -hmm. stain, unquote. And that mm -hmm. stain, quote, unquote, means that they themselves may be targeted for yep. killing, mm. for beating, <clears throat> for kidnapping, for extortion. They become vulnerable. God. So it's a kill-or-be-killed situation, and that's where it resembles genocide as well. Mm. That's what we saw in mm. Rwanda, in the Shoah. Mm. We saw that in Cambodia. We saw that in Armenia. We saw that whenever regimes seek to sit, you know, to pit citizens one against another. Yeah. So it's very important to say this is a very small number. It's yeah. not genocide on the scale of killing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's genocide in its intent. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we really need to speak out. Yeah. Oh, God, And absolutely. also be aware that while they're going after gay men in Chechnya today, they could easily start to go after another group. Yes, so easily. So it's important also that we recognize that we can't separate what's happening to gay men in Chechnya. It's just that people, because in that culture, gay, you know, homosexuality is not something that is socially supported. It's, it's not protected by law. On the contrary, it's criminalized. And yeah. so it allows people to, um, you know, to participate in crimes mm -hmm. um, and, and, and a sanctioning of a state sanctioning of killing. 
Um, and that's again why why we have to speak out so loudly. Oh, oh God. Uh, oh, well, thank you for that. Yeah, I think... just have time for one more question, guys. Sure, sure. Please. Oh, well, I know you'd mentioned before the the idea that there's a lot of the arranged marriages where gay men and lesbians end up marrying each other to kind of keep themselves safe. So that was just another point I thought that was interesting to to bring up this idea of how it's also, it is affecting lesbians as well if the folks are married to one another. Well, it's nice to say the reason I'm not even singling out lesbians is because it's not just lesbians who are in arranged marriages. Uh, it's tradition, so obviously any woman who would who are a young young girl, these are pretty young people. I mean, Chechnya has a very young population, yeah. so quite a number of the Chechen 100 detainees are presumed to be, and that we know that they are young. Yeah. We're talking about young men, wow. and uh, they're in arranged marriages, uh, in some cases uh, because they're they have to be in arranged marriages. Um, that's one of the ways that they're going to try to to sort of you know protect themselves socially yes, yes. Yeah, of course um but yeah they may be and the same thing would be for any person who's trans or lesbian mm-hmm. and um so that puts puts people in uh in very difficult situations and so what i guess what I'm, my point is that if you're targeting a gay man you're not just targeting him you're targeting his social circle his family circle and those people become both complicit in trying to protect but also vulnerable yes in themselves becoming targets Oh, yeah. If they don't take an action to uh, to kind of conform with the social demand of eradicating or removing that person, they themselves become a target. Oh, gosh. Which means that there's going to be, we know, and there is, a greater demand for asylum claims from yep. others who are in that LGBTQ network, but also the relatives of those people. Yes, exactly. Families are not only participating in killing. In fact, there's only recently, we, we have one report of, of a, quote, honor killing of a young yes. man who was taken into a forest and murdered. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something that was in the media. We have not confirmed it. It was widely reported. Hmm. We do have information that there's reason to believe it took place. And there have been rumors of other, uh, you know, repression against uh, gay men who are returning a release. But we haven't got any confirmation of any recent releases. Mm-hmm. And... I think what we have confirmation is a great demand for, you know, an increase of asylum demands and concerns um, by these networks. But again, it's so important that people can't speak out easily. If they speak out, they become immediate targets. So we're not getting a lot of information from people still within Chechnya because it's too dangerous. Yes. It's too dangerous for anyone to help them. It's too dangerous for anyone to speak out. And so it's only when they may arrive at a border. Yeah. that we're really able to get more information. But we have certainly known that there's an increased demand, and not only in Chechnya, in the rest of the North Caucasus region. Uh, there's equally a big concern that this kind of action could be mimicked by authorities in, other, in the other regions, mm-hmm. and also that, uh, that, that, uh, that the gays, you know, gay men will be, will be, will be you know, subject or vulnerable. So there's been a demand for asylum coming from those other regions as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a domino effect. Yeah. And we're seeing even now that the Rainbow Railroad and other resources are known that gay people in other neighboring countries um, mm-hmm. who are also subject to persecution, particularly from Muslim countries, yeah. um, have contacted Rainbow Railroad. So there's a huge demand that's coming as a result wow. of this crisis in Chechnya. Ah, so what is a Rainbow Rail- Railroads? I mean, it seems Rainbow kind Railroad of self-explanatory. <laughs> The resettlement network, uh, LGBT resettlement network in Canada, 
Ah, okay. That was formed several years ago, and mm-hmm. they provide a range of services yeah. to arriving asylees in Canada. See? And that's the thing, how would they get a hold of them without you know, getting yeah. caught? Specifically LGBT-focused. Yeah, oh man. So do they have advocates there? Or They're in they... Canada. No, but, yes. but are there people that Canada, come to... in Canada, and they have been receiving and helping mm-hmm. asylum seekers arriving in Canada who are LGBT, helping them resettle, supportive mm-hmm. services, legal services, mental health services, housing services, food services, <sighs> education services. It's awesome. And they are negotiating very actively with the Canadian government. Oh, I see. Pushing for mm-hmm. and trying to develop a plan in hopes that Canada could receive and provide more expedited visas. Yeah. So it's very active discussion right now. Oh, and I do awesome. expect that we will be hearing some news on that very shortly. Oh, I can't wait. Hopefully. We really yeah. can't say more at this point, yeah. but we know that those discussions are very active. Right on. Well, thank you so much for, for calling in and sharing this information with us. Yeah, thank Absolutely. you so much. I hope your uh, listeners take some action. Yes. And we'll continue to post things on the Bay Area Queer Anti-Fascist Network Facebook Please. page, as well as RUSA. Uh, we urge people to look at RUSA. We urge people to look at Amnesty International. And certainly we l- urge them to look at Rainbow Railroad and the Russian LGBT network, which is the, one of the groups among about six or seven networks that are providing evacuation, but one that we can truly say uh, if you give your money to these organizations, RUSA, the Rainbow Railroad, and RUSA LGBT net- or Russian LGBT network, that that money is going to go to Chechens as well as other, but certainly Chechen uh, asylum seekers who are urgently needing asylum, needing help, and are feeling very persecuted right now. Awesome. Well, thank all you right. so much. Well, yeah, thanks again, AC. And, Welcome. Uh, all right, well, See you guys. talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Uh, thanks to AC for calling in with all that information. And there's also, if folks go to the, there was an event last night, and some more information was there as well. That's online. If you go to the event, that's uh, Free the Chechen 100. Uh, there's video footage that was taken, and AC spoke as well. So there's there's more information about what's happening. Awesome. Yeah. There. So that's another resource. No, she seems she is a great resource. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's uh, really important to to share this information, and grateful that we have contacts to mm-hmm. to get the word out about what's happening yeah. out there and find ways that people can reach out and yeah. help. Exactly. Yeah. All those reliable sources. I'm glad she uh, <laughs> made me feel better about all that. Yeah. Like, yes, we could help. Yes. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of folks who feel powerless and they don't know how to help. So these are actual concrete ways mm-hmm. that people can Yeah. Mm-hmm. Help. Make a difference. Yeah. Hopefully. Yes, indeed. Save a life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we are coming to the end of the program here. Val is here. And so if you stay tuned, you can listen to Global Val with Women's Magazine at 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Azalia. Thank you, AC. Thank you, people in the universe. Thanks to the the MTA employee in New York for standing up to the cops. That's right. Thanks to everyone out there for standing up for what you believe in in the face of... The man. (laughs) There we go. And congratulations again to Chelsea Manning and to Oscar Lopez Rivera for being for being set free. Congrats. And yeah, and sending lots of love and solidarity to everyone out there doing doing what we can. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Send good vibes to Chechnya. Yeah. Fuck. I literally was on the verge of tears many times. Just this is happening right now. Yeah. This is, I mean, I mean, Holocaust, all, all those genocides. It's, I don't know, just the thought that the, we think we 